Hello and welcome to the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners, with language learners, for language learners. My name is Glenn and I'm the owner and director of the Australians Teach English Institute. And one of the things that I really missed in quarantine with this pandemia is going around to someone's house for a barbie. What about you, Ariana? Me too, in fact. There's, uh, it has been a long time since I ate my last barbie, let's say. <laughs> did, did, you, did, you eat a, did you eat a Ken as well as, as, well as a, a barbie the last time, Ariana? Yeah, I would have. <laughs> so so those so those out there listening might be thinking well barbie isn't that isn't that just isn't that just a doll <laughs> isn't that just a doll with 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 her famous boyfriend or husband ken whatever the hell they are and we have we have a special guest that's with us that might actually help us to understand these things so say so a very warm welcome to our friend sarah welcome to the show sarah hi so you're you're a little bit of an experienced Aussie now, but when you first went to a Barbie, what did you think? Um, obviously, um, I love to be invited to Barbies. Um, the pressure was on when people said, "Can you bring a dish?" Bring a plate. And the confusion. Bring a plate. Bring a dish. I was a little bit confused. Uh, I'm sure they got plenty of food. Why do I need to bring something to eat? That's ridiculous. But they do want you to bring uh, something to share. And I never, you know, in, in my culture, if you go to someone's house, you bring a bottle of wine, you bring chocolates, you bring flowers, you don't bring your food. <laughs> I mean, there's been people, when we go to people's houses, they bring their own steak and they stay there and cook their own steak. And you go, aren't they going to share that with us? No, they bring their own chunky steak and they just eat it in front of you. So, so we, we yeah, were saying, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we had, we had an episode about this earlier on. <laughs> about about episode eight or nine I forget which one but it was about bring a plate and this is one that that, that confuses people when they come to Australia especially when they go to it when they go to a barbie uh, that someone might say bring a plate so it, it's quite common for for people to literally bring their own plate with nothing with nothing on it yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the other <laughs> That's the other thing. And of course, in, in, in most cultures, if you bring food to a party when you're not, when you're not requested to it, it's seen as, as something rude or, or offensive. Mm. So this, this, is, this is another thing that's quite, quite common with, with the words and the slang that we have with, with our Barbies. But people out there might, might notice a little, bit of a, a, a little bit of an accent that you have there. And, and it's quite an interesting one. Sarah, it's it's a it's a mixture of little accents. Can you can you tell us about your journey and how you got to Australia? Um, well, as a child uh, growing up in Italy, I was uh, fascinated by. But you, you weren't just you didn't just grow up in Italy, though, did you? That's right. That's right. Well, um, my mum uh, gave birth to me when I well you know traveling through Portugal. So I lived in Lisbon. I we went to live uh, in um, Varazzi, which is in northern Italy, in Liguria, 
in the Little Arch region. And uh, we lived there seven years. We moved then inland, more inland uh, in, um, in Italy. And then eventually when I turned 21, I moved to UK just to improve my English and I loved it. Um, I lived in UK for seven years and, uh, and later on, uh, my husband and I, we decided to move um, to Australia. Where so it was say, from. hang on, hang on, hang on a minute, <laughs> hang on a minute. There's a little bit, there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit that Big you're jump. not telling us. They, they, you lived in the UK for, for seven years and then all of a sudden you had a husband and moved to Australia. What, what happened? <laughs> what happened in the middle? What happened in the middle? Well, in the middle, I was having a great time. Um, I f- at first, when I arrived in UK, I couldn't speak English because I studied English for five years, but was all in writing, you know, studying the verbs, the, you know, all this very tricky stuff, which never made any sense to me. But once you arrive there in UK, suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, conversing with people, especially picking up a phone call, it was frightening. And uh, most of the times I used to just run away as far as possible. As far as possible from my <laughs> the, 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 the normal human reactions to these things. <laughs> Don't touch the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, after after um, earning some money and uh, becoming more independent, I really enjoyed the life in UK. The most interesting part of living in UK um, was the smell of the pubs. Um, walking outside a pub in London, when I was at first, when I arrived there, the smell of it stunk so bad. The carpets, you know, the beer, that smell. <laughs> the and dampness I said, and the mold. Exactly. <laughs> the I, beer I said to myself, I'll never go in a place like that. If you will look look at me two years later, I found myself rolling on the floor of the park one night. And is that where you found your Australian husband as well, rolling on the floor? <laughs> no, I met Rob um, um, three years before we moved to Australia. So, we so got how did you meet in... Rob? Did you meet him at a barbie? Um, no, no. Uh, I had an Aussie friend. I shared an apartment, uh, a flat with uh, an Aussie friend. And when I came back from Australia backpacking, I met Rob. And uh, yes, the first time I saw that guy was in a pub. <laughs> Rolling on the floor. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not, not at a barbie. Could, not could that he... night. <laughs> not that... <laughs> Later on, yes. But not that first night. <laughs> <laughs> so could he speak any Italian? I tried many times to teach him and I'm always preparing him for one day when I get dementia. I tell him, do you understand a person that speaks more than one language when in all the in all the age it's possible for them to switch languages. So I said be prepared. <laughs> But there is an advantage. There is an advantage that if you speak multiple languages, that you're less likely to have these, less likely to have these. Um, yeah, that's true. That's these true. illnesses. So, so not necessarily, but yes, generally people regress to their to their first language. So you that's were true. you were born in Portugal and moved to Italy. So, so did you did you learn Portuguese at all, or do you know yes, any Portuguese? Yes. Yes. Um, unfortunately, in the seventies and 80s they didn't encourage children to speak multiple languages and they wanted me to excel in Italian and to be able to complete my studies without having any you know holes 
So even when I arrived in Italy, they didn't want to put me straight away in second grade. They said, no, this child comes from a country with 26 letters. Italy is only 21 letters. We prefer to start from grade one. And uh, so I was slightly, yeah, I was one year behind my peers, but it was fine. You know, um, I was a very short little child. I didn't feel any older. <laughs> But that's a that's a bit that's a bit of a shame that that because of the culture oh. at that time. That you, no, no, that's you... yeah, that's right. I I do speak still the language, but I, my level of Italian is as a child. Now, Portuguese. Sorry, Portuguese. my Portuguese. Is, oh. is Portuguese is it's oh, that's, very... a, that's okay because my level of Portuguese is less than a child. Oh, mine too. So. <laughs> so, so probably at one stage you were probably actually a truly bilingual, truly bilingual person, and then you just lost the lost the practice. That's right. Okay, that's in, that's interesting. So, Ariana, so some of these things that Sarah has has told us about, do you do you have any connection with any of these things? Uh, I roll on the floor in a pub once too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us um, about that, Ariana. <laughs> but about other stuff, um, I don't know. I think it was uh, a huge uh, cultural shock. This of bring a plate to your to your Barbie. It's for me. It's very weird. Very weird. I was thinking about that. You you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that in no no in Argentina. I, would you? I should have take some ice cream or some wine, but no, never played. Exactly. Right. Never yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So so then when you got to Australia, what 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 did what were your first thoughts about Australia? Um. The way people walked around in flip-flops, you know. Uh, <laughs> we don't call them flip-flops. What do we what do we what do we call them? I can't really say that word. I still have terrible mis uh, pronunciation. That's okay, so does everyone. I have tongs, bad pronouns. Thongs. Tongs and tongs. something else. We, we might we might we might use to we might use tongs at, at, at the Barbie actually. We, yeah, use that's it, we, right. use the, we use the we use the tongs to 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 turn over the meat and and the snacks. That's right. That's so right. the th- thongs. Th- this the is a thongs. common error with almost all all English learners have difficulty with this pronunciation. So this th- we put we put our we put our tongue between our teeth th- and make that's the right. th- sound. So we have thongs. Although this is a little bit of a, if you heard that word, Oriana, thongs, because you probably have learnt American English, what is your immediate, what is your immediate reaction? No, in fact, I, I don't know that word. I've learned uh, British English, not American. Ah. My pronunciation is like more American because of movies, I think. No. So, so, so if if I said the word thong to my, we wear, we go out in the street wearing thongs to our friend Rebecca, she would be horrified because it it actually means it actually means g string, yeah. tanga, in yeah, yeah. 
Bazunga. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure if these if these words mean anything to you, Sarah. No, no. I I know exactly what you guys are talking about, but how that's would you why say? How would you say? How would you say? How would you say? Tang, to... How would you say tanger in in Italian? Uh, good point. Uh, I think it will be. Uh, oh God. I can't. It doesn't come to me right now. E string. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Sometimes it, I do have these um, gaps. Suddenly I forget certain words. But if I was in a conversation with uh, with the girls right now talking about, uh, yeah, what she's wearing and stuff like that, it will come we, to me. We 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 call that we call that bilingualism. Mm. When when you <laughs> when you say goodbye. To the, to the words in your first language actually the other day the other day I was thinking about this I was I was <laughs> I was talking to my mum and I couldn't think of the word in English I started <laughs> I started saying the word in Spanish instead of in English because I couldn't remember the word that I actually wanted to say in English so, so we call we call it we call this bilingualism when we say goodbye to our to the oh. words that we should actually know. So this is this so this is a common one. Okay. So thongs are flip flops, things that we wear on our feet. And mm -hmm. yes, of course, of course, when I got when I got to Argentina and I started wearing my thongs at going for a walk people would look at me people would look at me a little bit strange what yeah. are you doing these are things that you only wear in your house after you get out of the shower not that's not, right not going to the shops but or to the doctors they go the anyway to the hospital in hospitals oh. it's just like seriously they got no idea <laughs> and what what else what else was difficult for you um well some people doesn't know when it's time to go they like when they come they move in man they just can't see your place <laughs> they get extremely drunk and uh they don't go away you just need to, you to just what, 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 what about in argentina ariana it depends on the host attitude i think uh, you know when someone wants you to go so uh that things doesn't don't happen to me let's say yeah you, you know when someone wants wants you to go in argentina because they have this loud why no yes <laughs> and then uh, and then and then after that they say well tengo que dormir or i have to yes have to i have to I have to go to sleep. So you know that it's time that it's time to go. I okay. think I think Australian English needs needs a word like that as well, where we can just say a little bit louder and a little bit longer mm. for for people to get the i the idea to go. How, how would you how would you say that in Italian? Ragazzi, si sta facendo tardi. <laughs> you, 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 would, you, you would just say that directly. You would just say that directly with no chill. You would just say it's time, it's time to go. It's late. Get out of my house. Yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> that sound of uh, like bostezo, it's very common too. It's like, oh, I have to go and take a nap. 
Son siesta. Oh, okay. Don't pretend it. I'm, I'm leaving. It's okay. Another, another excuse. I think I had something that it didn't. It didn't go right with my stomach. I'm not feeling the best. I'm sure <laughs> so you can just you can just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so so pe- so people hanging around, people people wearing flip flops. So 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 some some strange some strange first interactions with, with Australians. Mm-hmm. But what was what was some of your what were some of your better impressions of Australians when you first arrived? Um myself i find them so helpful everyone wants to lend you a hand to help you with whatever um i moved uh, so many houses um from uh, you know Kargooli to perth and while living in Kargooli, while living here in perth i'm building again in here in perth just recently and everyone wants to lend you a trailer they want to give you because you want to establish your garden they want to give you plans to establish your garden people are beautiful out here very helpful very you know? helpful so Absolutely. you said something interesting we, we, we need to unpack a little bit you said you said people are very willing to lend a hand ariana do you know what that is to, uh, to make like favors to help other people good you know? yeah. so i didn't know exactly what it means but it yeah. yeah so like this is a this is, like this is a, co- like a common one that we use in english that that often people don't that don't know so to lend a hand is to help to to do a favor so how many hands do you actually have now sarah all these people Ooh, give, um... all, all these people giving you all these people giving you hands <laughs> do you yeah, do you have a collection of hands in your home in the house, I got my two boys. They're growing up so fast and they're very strong. They are great helpers. But the neighbors that we got next door, they they got extra stuff like tools. They got a massive trailer. One is a firefighter next door. So they got these uh, lots of friends, firefighters. You have a you fiery know. next door. <laughs> we got a fire next door. A fiery. And, uh, on the a other, fiery. A fiery. <laughs> But the funny thing here in Australia, during the COVID-19, the the big fright that we had last year, the supermarkets were getting emptied, you know, Mm -hmm. toilet paper, everything. But the next door neighbors, not the fireys, the other ones, they were working a supermarket. When they were coming to the fence, they will say, Sarah, do you need any toilet paper? And I was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm Italian. I've got a bidet. (laughs) 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 Do, do Do you actually have a bidet at home? Um, the first house there, building Kargooli, yes, we had uh, a bidet and we sold that house. We're building a second one. My husband is not letting me to put a bidet in our ensuite. You should get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I think that having a bidet is like the line of civilization. You need to have one. There's no choice. No choice. <laughs> they, 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 don't, they don't like it in Australia. We just want to make it easier the second time around to sell a house. We want uh, to, to go people faster. Were a bit, people were a bit scared by the bidet. Yeah, <laughs> they, okay. think it, they think it's to wash babies. They said, you your baby in there? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. 
Sort of. <laughs> but, but but that was one of the things that I noticed here in Argentina is that when the, the this time this time last year where we where we sort of started having the, the lockdowns and things like that, the the toilet paper there wasn't a problem with the toilet paper because here in Argentina everyone has a bidet, so yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like well oh well. It kind of we, it doesn't doesn't really matter. It's not it's not a hundred percent urgent like it is in Australia where there are no where there are no bidets. And yeah, so, in fact, we were we talked about that with my grandma. She said, "Why do these people like put on and buy toilet paper here? We don't need toilet paper." She said, "Buy I don't know food or uh, I don't know bleach or it's something." A, it's a like way that. to save money. Is not buying toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, but personally, I don't know. I'm. I will defend the the video. So embarrassing. So embarrassing. So so you were in Kalgoorlie and you had a bidet. I mean, <laughs> you. But you were telling telling us before the show that you actually liked Kalgoorlie. I'm sure you're probably actually one of the very few people that's actually liked Kalgoorlie. No, it's a it's a lovely town. Seriously. Um, an average of 44,000, uh, lots of sport, uh, swimming pools. Um, there are at least eight primary schools. Um, there is a university. Um, there is a massive hospital. Um, there are sites. We are four, um, four hours away from a beautiful seaside. It's called Esperance. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we got the best species in the world. Yeah. I can't tell you more. It's yeah. just so, such a so, beautiful so one, location. So one of our early, I think our first guest on this on this program, actually, yeah. she, she drove across from, from New South Wales to, to Western Australia and they had to do that quarantine in Esperance, which I think is probably <laughs> the best quarantine that you could perhaps do in the world. You got the, the, the sandy beaches and literally the kangaroos hopping on yeah. the beach. Exactly. <laughs> So, so yeah, but even if um, the desert, the bush, what we call the bush here in Western Australia, um, just around Kargoolie, there are some beautiful billabongs, and people goes there swimming, and the water is so cold. You're allowed to do small bonfires and camp there for the night. It's all free. Um, just, yeah, just stop there. Billabong. Oh, yeah. Oriana. Oriana. And I'm sure you're asking, and I'm sure the people listening to this are asking, what's a billabong? Yeah, for me, it's a brand, a clothing brand. Yeah. Nothing nothing else. What's that? Nothing else. And nothing else. So, so Billabong is a is a famous brand of of Australian. Well, it was it was Australian Australian clothing, surf surf clothing, this type of stuff. But it did actually first come from from this word, which is an indigenous word. So, what is a billabong, Sarah? Is fresh water is uh, a lake or some sort of uh, fresh water um, in the middle of nowhere. So sometimes the water can be very murky and muddy. You don't see the bottom, but the water is very fresh and uh, almost drinkable. I, I'll say, if I drink, I wouldn't get sick because. <laughs> The water is extremely cool and yes. fresh. Yes. Yeah. So, so in parts of Australia, we have these these rivers, and they have these natural little breaks in them. So, so when the river stops flowing, that there will be these natural areas of of like little lakes in rivers or streams, which we call which we call billabongs. 
in in some parts of Australia, especially in the north, do not swim in them. They're gar- gar- <laughs> gar- guaranteed yeah. to be a crocodile in them. Gar- guaranteed. Yeah. Um, okay, but in, but in, I will take that into account. <laughs> yes, but in but in southern Australia, like in Kalgoorlie, there's definitely no crocodiles. <laughs> there's definitely no. There wouldn't even be tiger snakes in there or anywhere around there. So, Tigers. Yeah, in in some of the swampy areas, you'll have tiger snakes. Wait, um, you have snakes, spiders, crocodiles, <laughs> kangaroos. So they're, they're, they're not and, literally tigers. They're just called tiger oh, snakes. They can't, they've got, they've kind of got, they've kind of got a pattern, like, tigers, got a pattern I... like a tiger. That's why they're called tiger snakes. Oh, I got it. I got it. That's yeah. the world. Stop. Please stop adopting <laughs> animals. Please. No, no, no. So, so, so in Kalgoorlie, so if there are billabong in Kalgoorlie, you don't have to worry about any of these animals okay. that you would in I some will. other that you would in some other areas. But they are like uh, an oasis or something like that. Pardon? Are they like an oasis or what something is, like what, that? What are they? Manan- oasis, yes. Manantial. Ah, an oasis. A billabong is like an oasis, kind of. Kind okay. of. Yeah, you could think of it like that. Yeah, but it's more like connected, connected to a river. So, so, okay. du- so during winter time, the the water will actually move. The water will flow, but then in spring and summer, when the river stops flowing, we have a lot of rivers in Australia that don't that don't flow for twelve months of the year. They will stop, and then there will be these little lakes in the middle of these rivers. And that's what. We and call. sometimes uh, we also have water holes. Water holes they men they man made, and sometimes they've been caused by the miners. The miners they've been using it for. I don't know how they happened. Hundred years. But they call them the holes, the water mm-hmm. holes. And they nat- naturally fill up with water, either from either from the rain or from from the aquifer below the below the soil with the with the groundwater that's right yeah okay i got it but with some of the water holes you do have to be careful because they can be mine shafts (laughs) yeah so so be careful of the small ones the small round ones you might disappear forever what because because in kalgoorlie is an area where there's lots of gold mining or there there was lots of gold mines so a hundred years ago, what people did is they they made these little holes, and they dug down into the soil to get to yes. the gold. So then, in some areas, what what has happened is that these have filled up with water. So it might be that there is, it might only be a little hole at the top, but deep below, it is yeah. bigger and it is also full full of water. Yeah. So so yes. It can be dangerous. Yeah. It can be dangerous walking around. Yeah, I think it, it, in Australia you must know how to swim better. Yes, I, I would recommend anyone that goes to Australia um, learning how to swim. Yeah. Um, because Thank because you. people, I mean, we've spoken about the animals here in this episode, but the the most dangerous thing in Australia is not the animals; it's the water. It's either it's either too little or it's too much, <laughs> the the Very water. True. So so people will try every year. People try and drive from somewhere like New South Wales to Broome, and they will try and go go through the desert, and maybe their car might break down and they don't have any water and they will die, because the fastest thing that will kill them is the lack of water. 
or people mm. when they first go to Australia, they go to somewhere like Bondi Beach and you will see it on the on the TV show Bondi Rescue or something like this. And everyone sees everyone else having a good time in the water. And so they just go into the water, not realizing that it is actually it is actually dangerous. So yeah. so more more tourists die by drowning in the ocean than any other than any other way in Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so learning how to swim before you go to Australia is just as important as learning English. As a matter of fact, in the primary schools, uh, all the primary schools in Australia from um, kindergarten uh, and primary and up to year six, they got a full term where the children do swimming lessons incorporating the curriculum of the school. Yeah. Because uh, many, it's not just international students um, that join the primary, you know, children that join the primary school, they come... Even Australian children, they undervalue the importance of um, having their, you know, learning how to swim. That's why they incorporate it in the curriculum to make it compulsory to ch for children to learn how to swim. Absolutely. So. And I hated it at school because, <laughs> because, <laughs> no. because our, our, school, our school was the smallest school in the area. So what, what happened is that the, the other schools had, had their swimming time at the warmer times of the year, at the end of the year, <laughs> or at the start of the year, and we had ours in winter. So for, for, for nine weeks of the year, we had swimming lessons in winter. <laughs> you can imagine, you can imagine what that was like for that was like for us. But yeah, it is it is mandatory for in in primary school. It, it there, there are nine weeks or ten weeks of a term. So instead of doing sport for 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 that term, you you actually do you do swimming lessons. I got something funny to tell you. Um, on fourth grade, I started developing scoliosis mm -hmm. and uh, the doctor encouraged my mother to give me a brace for, you know, to fix this problem. My mother, she said, no, she will do swimming. <laughs> she, she made me swim. Probably for the best thing weeks. you could have done. <laughs> the, the thing is, I was kind of goodish. But I hated it because my strongest was a uh, uh, backstroke. Mm -hmm. So, but I remember being so exhausted after each um, each swim that I never enjoyed it. But I was forced to. <laughs> you were you were goodish. That's very goodish. that's very that's very Australian. Goodish. Do you reckon? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, goodish? Uh, um, I was finishing fourth all the time, so I, I couldn't finish third. <laughs> <laughs> in your races, so you were, so races. you were, so you were good, but just not just not the just not the best. The, the other not, the other ones are were better. <laughs> the other ones were better, and you, but you certainly weren't bad, and you certainly weren't worse. So you were goodish. I love that the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know we use it a lot. Yeah, it's goodish. It's not the best, but it's still still pretty good. Okay. Yeah. They, so, so yeah, I mean, swimming is a good, good way to, to, to beat scoliosis, but that, but that is one reason why, for example, in the Olympics, Australians generally are good at, good at swimming is because everyone learns, everyone learns oh, to swim. That's right. Yeah. Rather than playing so soccer or football, soccer in Australia. Yeah. 
So and Oriana, when people go to Barbies, they also bring their, because most people has a swimming pool. They come to your house with their with their towel around their neck, so they know. <laughs> before and after the barbie they will be sitting there in the pool you know splashing around <laughs> and with the, full- the the intentions are clear when when they arrive with a towel <laughs> around and i want to i want to visit your pool yeah but here in summer is the same thing let's say uh, if you have a pool people will be going with their towels under um swimwear yeah just they won't hide it um, Although it's, it's okay. probably le- it's much less common that people have a pool here in Argentina. Yes, here it's uh, it's very expensive to have a pool, uh, yeah. a good one, a big one, let's say. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, 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 so now let's get back to our, our theme of the day, the, the the Barbie. So we have we have tongs to to move it. We have steak. We have bring a plate. Well, what are some other things that might be essential at, at an Aussie Barbie, Sarah? They also bring with themselves a carton, a carton of beer. <laughs> or a slab. <laughs> or two. <laughs> two. Yeah, a carton of beer. And yeah. uh, if they don't finish it, they'll take it home with them. Really? <laughs> what? No, no. That's no, not how no. it's done. That's the whole I that's can't... the whole idea of having a barbie. So then you got so then you got beer for the next <laughs> you got beer yeah. for the next three months. <laughs> I know, but some people I don't like to keep it because um our my back we, we have two fridges, one in the house and one at the back and the where the shed is. And uh, in the back fridge, okay, we got some shelvings for beer and soft drinks and stuff like that. But mostly is for you know your meat and uh, the fr- the top section mm-hmm. is for your meat. So you don't want too much stuff left behind. You know you, you just take it away. You don't want to <laughs> take your beer away. Ah, you oh. don't have enough space. No. So, okay, so, so you tell people for just take it take away. Take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you, Ariana? If- well, first, first, first of all, what what is what is the word for for barbecue or barbie in in asado? asado. So the asado is, is, is very famous in Argentina. You can go to you can go to, I think you can probably go to even Australia now. You can have an Argentinian asado in a restaurant. Yeah. You can certainly do it in in Spain. It is it is it is world famous. They like to say that the the meat is the best here in Argentina in the in the world. It's not just goodish. It is it is the best. Um, yeah, I remember my one of my professors in secondary school told that he wanted no he wanted <laughs> he went to to Germany and they sell American American. Oh, sorry, I'm kind of sleepy. <laughs> they sell Argentinian uh, meat for. 40 euros the kilo. Yeah. <laughs> very, very expensive. Like, very expensive. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's one thing that probably unites Australia and Argentina is the is the quality of the of the meat. So so generally generally if you if you go to somewhere like Japan or China, then then the, the top quality meat will be from from Australia. If you go to Europe, then the top quality meat will be from from Argentina. Yeah. So, so this this is something that both of our cultures have uh, have in common. I was going to say something that this of taking 
your food after uh, oh yeah all uh, together uh, here is very different disrespectful if you bring something <laughs> you just leave it here it's like weird it happened a lot to friends that invite uh, some guy to their house uh, probably this guy brings something for uh, eat at breakfast and they didn't have breakfast and the, the guy just took his just stuff, takes like, it <laughs> and she was like wow it, incredible weird yeah. no no he and uh, She never called him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so so going to a party and then taking your things afterwards is is yeah not 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 a no, not no. a not a done thing. No, so, no. So we have we have the word for 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 Barbie in in Argentina. We have a What what about in what about in Italian? How would you say this? Uh, normally, they invite you over for a grigliata. So they they like to use the word grigliata. Cucinare alla griglia is uh, cooking with a fire and uh, grilling the meat or grilling the fish. Depends um, which, um, what, what they want to, but mainly it will be marinated meat and fish. Yeah, so this, so this, is, a, so this is a problem when, when we translate these words into, into English. So we have words like the grill things like or, or roast asado will will translate into roast but it's not a roast um mm. for for example in in i was talking to a portuguese uh, a brazilian friend and we were trying to actually we we're trying to i was trying to actually confirm what the word is and in portuguese it's churrasco that is, that is the word but mm-hmm. she was saying no it's a roast to roast and i said no a roast is inside inside yeah. the house a barbie is outside so then then if you were to say to grill something you can grill something in in your kitchen uh, yeah. yeah i suppose but for some reason they all, they also call it barbecue um but mostly they will say grillare for example i think in portuguese If you're doing sardines, uh, sardines a la grilla. Have you ever heard of such a yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. But it's actually cooked outdoors. Mm-hmm. But we call it grilla because there is that netting thing yeah. to turn them. So we call it grilla, grilling something. Yeah. So it's quite a common thing in 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 the Mediterranean communities that that they will have That's these right. p- piles of of coals on the beach. And with yeah. with these sort of grill things that press the sardines or the or the small the small fish on the on the coals. Yeah, and I saw also Greek people they're using a similar thing to do to turning their meat. It's so much easier instead of uh, doing it one by one. It just turn the whole thing. And yeah. everyone... So so this is so this is an interesting thing probably between Mediterranean cultures and and Australian cultures probably 30 40 years ago we could cook with hot coals but now if you were cooking the mediterranean way with hot coals outdoors in the middle of summer in australia what would what would people what would people think not so good but we have um, some issues as well with neighbors smoking their meat at the moment mm-hmm. everyone has gone mad doing their own buton uh, with so many south africans here 
um, they starting to try on kangaroo as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's insane. Uh, kangaroos here, they meet. Kangaroo meat is, you can buy kangaroo meat in the normal supermarkets like Woolworth and Coles. And um, mostly they make patties, um, little rissoles patties, mm -hmm. um, which are like small burgers or you can have uh, the meat for steaks of kangaroo mm -hmm. it's not everyone's cup of tea such a thing but um but you know some people like trying different things it's hard to cook that, that's probably it, the, yes, the biggest challenge you need, to, you need to be cook the meat undercook it basically i'll say undercook it but yeah. and, but mainly is to let it rest yeah not too many people knows how to how long to rest meat for yeah it gets very so tough they, very quickly so that's the challenge with it would probably mm. work well with an asado because that's quite a it doesn't doesn't sort of use a high a high heat yeah. um yeah but but yeah if with, with with this method of cooking in, in Australia, because we have so many fires, you cannot cook like this anymore mm, in Australia. No. Not <laughs> during summer and spring. No. You will have to wait for... Um, yeah, someone will come up. So, yeah, someone will walk walk across from, from next door and, and punch you in the head probably. <laughs> no, they just, they just call the rangers on you. And you get <laughs> the police will come around and say, what are you doing? Yeah. Rangers. But, but you can, yeah. But you can imagine, imagine if, if someone in Argentina said, oh, you can no longer cook with coals in the middle of summer. What would people say, Ariana? Oh, I can't say that word here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> get out something like yeah they, they they would probably say something like that but but in the in sort of my lifetime in the last 30 or 40 years it has changed from in australia the barbecue culture has changed from cooking with coals and fire to to cooking with with gas that has been really the main no here people won't Cook uh, just with gas. Yeah, they think it's 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 sort of a it's disrespectful, but but unfortunately in Australia with the fires and things like this, this yeah. is a. Mm. I got it. Very, now here it will be like weird, and they say wait. Yeah, it's not the way it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's not the way. It's not the way it's done. It's not the way it's done. No, no, absolutely. But but this, this, the situation is very different. Yeah. yeah, but they, they still use the coals maybe for the Weber. There is this uh, type of barbecue called Weber and mm -hmm. as a cape, but you need the coals underneath in order mm. to get it right, the meat. Yeah, yeah, and you have special cooking cooking coals that it doesn't, um, they're not like, they're not like charcoal, like from wood. They're a special type of, of sort of heat beads that are not, they're not like wood, so they don't let... Um, they don't let little sparks and ash fly to start to start fires in in the trees that are around. So a special type of type of cooking. That's right. So what are some other what are some other things that people need to know about an Aussie Barbie? Mm. The conversation needs to be light. Don't talk about politics. <laughs> talk about talk about footy. Yes. <laughs> talk about sport. Yeah, 
tennis, whatever, whatever, but don't talk about politics. <laughs> Australia is extremely divided on politics. At the moment, yeah. At the moment. We have some, some similitudes with here. I remember my grandma told me, when you're on the table, you can speak about religion, politics, and football. <laughs> you don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, in, in Argentina, football or, or soccer might actually be more <laughs> might actually be more serious than than in the, <laughs> you might actually start fights if you start talking about if you start talking about soccer. Whereas in Australia, does any does anyone care about soccer in Australia? Yeah, I, I, as a family, up to two years ago, we were Perth Glory supporters, and we had. Um, I'll show you something. Just waiting for her to show us this thing. So Perth, Perth Glory is is our local yeah. is our local team, our local soccer team. Yeah, local. Uh, like in your, how does that have like departments or states? No. So 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 in in Australia, there there are there are teams from each of the major cities. So in some of the in Sydney and Melbourne, there are I think two or three teams. But each each city has 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 a team. So our Their team, own team our team is Perth Perth Glory. Yeah, can you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. their color their color is is purple and orange. That's right. So that's what the logo looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That little. The soccer ball with the with the orange shield. That's right. So that's so right. what do what do people think of soccer in Australia? It's actually it's been very welcome because being in a, a no contact sport, um, it's more friendly towards, uh, especially for young people. Um, Wait a second, how like no contact sport? Non contact um, sport. <laughs> so this this might be a bit of a strange concept for for most people um, outside of the the soccer playing world. No, yeah. non non contact sport is re really what most people would just consider sport but in in australia probably the most common sports are contact sports yeah but people have like contact i think i'm not getting the concept correctly contact because... is like to tackle tackle like uh, no so we... you're literally hitting the other person that's a uh, very weird concept of contact contact non-contact sport <laughs> yeah so so gen generally like if if you were growing up when i was growing up if you played non-contact sport then you're a little bit of a sissy you didn't have any you didn't have any balls you didn't have any guts so so all the cowards would play soccer but has that has sarah. that changed sarah um my boys, they never played any sports that their father played. So, um, <laughs> how, does he, how does he feel about that? Well, um, the father unfortunately dominated in everything. So, even though the boys decided to do swimming and BMX, the father tried to cover, uh, believe it or not, uh, even when the boys were playing BMX. My husband started buying himself bikes too to co compete adults <laughs> to, co to compete with his like, children. <laughs> the boys were like, "Oh, are you going to leave us alone? Are you going to let us?" <laughs> so this, so this is perhaps a thing with with Australian male culture. It's very competitive. 
we we don't we don't care about learning languages or 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 intellectual pursuits but if you're going to try and beat me at something sporting then <laughs> then <Yes>. no <laughs> think again i'm going to beat you <laughs> very very competitive <laughs> that's right yeah, because here in Australia, cricket is massive. Aussie rules, uh, Australian football, still very big, but soccer is taking over very nicely. It's not just children, but also women and adults. So it's quite encouraging, especially with having so many Europeans living over here. They were the ones who brought it over, and they're taking over. I personally think all the with all the serious concussions that are happening, especially with Aussie rules, there's, um, soccer is very welcome. Foot, football is very welcome over here. Yeah. I mean, I've been knocked out a couple of times, but you would never notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So, 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 so you, did, you, did you get involved with an Italian community in, in Australia when you arrived? Um, yes, I taught in primary schools. I taught uh, Italian in primary schools, the language. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I'm, I'm still teaching now at night time only to adults. And um, I'm teaching in primary schools. I, I did that for 11 years, but it's time to stop. My children don't need me to be picking them up from school and things like that. So Do your children speak I'm Italian? I'm finally deciding. My boys, they have a basic knowledge. They're not went. But every two years we've been traveling to Italy. So last time we went was in 2017. Yeah. All four of us, we run. And from Rome, we, we went down to Puglia, to Bari, and... Uh, back up to Pisa and uh, back to Rome in Australia. Fantastic. So, so and are they any, loved it. So they are loved there it. any Italian expressions that translate well into Australian or are there any other Australian expressions that you like that you've tried to translate in, into Italian? Anything like this? Um, right now. You put me on the spot. As always, um, that's the idea with this show. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so many. Uh, give me an example. Me. So, so, so a lot of a lot of the it's it's quite strange that in Argentina a lot of the rude words have been a lot of a lot of the rude words have actually been taken directly from from Italian. Yes. Most so, of really? them. Most of yeah. most of the words are taken from Italian, let's say. Yeah, like, like lavoro. Yeah. Lot. No, oh, yes. A lot, a lot. So that's, uh, so that's what we call Lunfaro, because it's it's taken from the Lunfari region. Um, but it, but it seems to be the words that we use to insult are also taken from 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 Italy as well. I'm not exactly sure. Oh. I'm not exactly sure why, why that is. I yeah. tend to avoid uh, when people um, tells me, oh, yes, I speak Italian, and they start uh, saying the swear words, and I say, where exactly 
those words are going to take you. I mean, <laughs> in Argentina, people... they're really important to learn. They're <laughs> 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 really important to learn. <laughs> but but there but there are I no expressions there are no never... expressions in, in in Italian that you feel like you're missing in in Australian English or are there any words in Italian that you feel like you're missing from from Australian English? Um, there is an expression that I always teach uh, to all classrooms I have. I teach them uh, when you don't know the answer to something, but you are informal with the people that you're with. We have the expression bo. The expression bo means I don't know. Bo, I don't know. But it is B-O-H. Bo. Really? Yes. In Italian, we have this expression that means, I don't know, bo. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I never heard that. (laughs) I think of it like that, but yeah, I'm not sure if we would in in Australia, we wouldn't, if we don't know something, we would probably just stay silent or say, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Or children normally they raise their shoulders, like I don't know, Mm. but in Italian we have the expression, they say book. It's just an interesting little verbal way of, of, of saying, I don't know, without actually having to say, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, we do the same thing with our shoulders here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, sort of a normal, yes, a normal human, human reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But there's, no, there's nothing in Australian English that you like to translate into Italian. No, no. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> nothing at all. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you prefer Italian or Australian English? There are expressions. I also speak French. So sometimes uh, there, are, there you are. So sometimes uh, um, I do throw a little bit of there. Like, for example, when I put my children to, to bed, uh, I don't do that to my older one, but until recently, when I used to throw them in bed, go to sleep and stuff like that, sometimes uh, in the dark, I will say, hey, guys, how do you say goodnight in German? And they will say, oh, good enough. How do you say in French? Bonne nuit. So we say, how do you... How do you say that in Spanish? Buenas noches. So we go through all the languages Excellent. in Portuguese. Yeah, in Portuguese, boa noite. Boa noite. But, but mostly I make them count backwards. I used to make them count backwards <laughs> in, the, in the languages. And if they That's were cruel. getting it <laughs> if they were getting it wrong, we used to play a tickle fight. Ah, <laughs> <But, laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but this was how I was encouraging the the languages in the house. It, it wasn't necessarily sticking to Italian or or French or Portuguese. Yeah. But mainly, um, my boys now, my younger one is. He really enjoys Japanese, ah. and we were hoping to go there one day. But <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe you can go with Ariana because you might have a lot in common. She she studies Japanese and and French, 
So yes. you, you guys might have to organize a little, a little yeah, holiday together. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. But it, it, it's interesting what you what you say about about just before going to sleep because because some of the science actually says that this is actually an excellent thing to do is is remember it's a it's a mental activity is remember something that you learned on that day while you're in bed before you're going to sleep there, there's some evidence that suggests learning something just before you go to sleep actually helps you to remember it and to learn it more actively perhaps mm-hmm. because it's just in your but it's just in your in your brain before before it goes into your subconscious and it's the last thing that you sort of actively do so then your brain processes it while you're asleep so in, yeah. instead of looking at facebook or instagram while you're in bed on your mobile phone the last thing that you do try try actually maybe even doing a, a lesson on duolingo or something like that while you're in bed before going to sleep and it's probably going to make you a little bit tired anyway it will just We'll just finish off those last little bits of energy that you that you have. Mm. So that's a good little trick that people can 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 take on board. So it was fantastic having you over for this for this Barbie, this little <laughs> this little conversation, and and hopefully maybe we can have your we can have your husband on and he can talk about his learning journey in Italian. Would he would would, would he like that? <laughs> I can throw him in. (laughs) (laughs) Throw him in the deep end. Good. I would, I would love to hear his Italian. So so it's been, it's, it's a, it's been a pleasure having you on Sarah. It's been a pleasure as always, Ariana. So thanks from, from, from all of us here at the, at the Australians teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners. It's us saying, Goodbye, Ate Logo, Nos Vemos. Goodbye, Hasta luego. And in Italian? <laughs> Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye, Glenn. Bye, Oriana. For more information about the Australians Teach English Institute, go to australiansteachenglish.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Australians Teach English.